Praise the Lord. Amen. Isn't he good? Amen. I love that song. You know what I love about that song is I choose. I choose to praise him. Amen. Sometimes I don't always feel like it, but it's a choice that I make. Amen. Praise God, because he's worthy. Amen. Sometimes he gives and sometimes he takes away, but he's still worthy of my praise. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I love what I feel in this house. Amen. I didn't know what to expect on a, on a Tuesday night. Amen. But God is here. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Brother or Pastor Torres. Amen for uh, asking me to. Uh, it's an honor to be here. Amen. And it's an honor to be asked to stand behind his pulpit and talk to you tonight. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. I will say when he first called, I'm like, oh, yeah. And then I get off the phone and I'm looking at the calendar. We just uh, celebrated our pastor's 40th anniversary this last weekend. And I'm like, man, there's something going on every night. When am I going to find any time to study? And then we get done Sunday, and then Monday, uh, we're getting ready for fireworks, and we're setting up our tripods, and this weekend is the, the tent goes up Friday, and then we're putting the floor down on, on uh, this weekend, so it's like, man, there's no rest for the weary, amen, and I am feeling it, amen, I'm not getting any younger, <laughs> and my body reminds me of that constantly, amen. Praise God. Praise God. I do feel that I have something tonight, though. Uh, I was, every morning I, I get a, a scripture verse that comes up, uh, besides the, my normal Bible reading that I, I do. And uh, the Lord spoke to me on this, and he started to deal with me. So uh, if this isn't for anybody here, it's for me. And uh, he's been dealing with me, and... Uh, The Lord, the Lord's good, amen? And his grace is wonderful. Thank God for it, amen? So if I had to put a title on this, my title would be The Power of Your Words, amen? The Power of Your Words, amen? I'll start out with a, a verse and then we'll pray. James 3, 5 or uh, excuse me, James 3, 4 says, Behold also the ship, which though they be so great and, the, and are driven by fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whether so the governor listens. Amen. But Pastor, will you pray for us? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, I work in a, a, a marina. I'm the head maintenance guy at a, a, a yacht club. Uh, so I'm very familiar with large ships. Um, some of the biggest ones that we have there are about 90-some feet long and about four stories 
So they're not small. But it's amazing something that big can be controlled by something so small. I've watched these guys, the newer ones, they've got this little handheld device with a little joystick and they sit there and they move these things around and it's, it amazes me something so big how they can pull it out of a garage and just turn it and go down. Uh, every once in a while there are some, uh, some bumps. Amen. But for the most part, it's the driver's problem, not the boat's problem. Amen. I've also been on an, uh, uh, I think it was a destroyer area. I think it was a destroyer. We had, we uh, drove that, or we rode on it. Uh, my wife's brother was in the Navy, and they came in for uh, the, uh, the Rose Festival, and we got to take that, I think, from Longview into Portland. But something so big, but yes, something so small runs it. Amen. And if we go, if we go from uh, James 3, 4, and we go to the next verse, which is James, 3, James 5, even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts us great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Our tongue's not a huge part of our body. In the overall scheme of things, our tongue is very small. But yet it can cause a lot of damage. How does something so small cause so much damage? But it does. The words that come out of our mouths and the things that we say can cut deep. Amen. James 3, 7 through 8 says, For every kind of beast and of bird and of serpent and everything in the sea is tamed and has been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is unruly, evil, for full of deadly poison. The tongue's one thing that can't, is very hard to tame. I think that's one reason why God made that the sign of receiving the Holy Ghost, is that he's able to control it and take control over it. Amen. But it left to our own devices. The tongue is unruly. And things come out of it sometimes that aren't great and aren't uh, beneficial. Amen. So what do we do with this tongue? How do we tame this thing? Well, a lot of practice. <laughs> a lot of prayer. Amen. Um, I'm a, I'm 55 years old. I'm or 54 years old. I'll be 55 in a couple months, and uh, sometimes it still gets out of control, and I've got to back off. And God's been dealing with me lately. And and uh, uh, there's a there's a lot of sarcasm that goes on in our uh, in our congregation sometimes with some of the uh, the ones that we're close to, and if you're not careful. It can get out of control. The problem with sarcasm is that uh, not everybody sees it the same way that you do, and you think you're being funny, uh, and they don't see it that way. Amen. 
So, uh, you know, the Lord's been dealing with me on, on things that I say and things that I do. And uh, goes, is that, is that beneficial? Is that leading the, uh, is that the atmosphere you're trying to set here? Is this really what you want to say? Is this really the way that you want to come across? I've learned the hard way that, uh, that sometimes me just trying to be funny uh, is offensive. Uh, I, learned, I learned that the hard way here, uh, here recently. With, uh, I'm, a, I'm the supervisor, uh, and I have a gentleman underneath me. And uh, I think he's been there for about six years now, maybe five five or six years, and uh, they, I just recently found out that they, the job that he came from, that they used to call him no-nonsense, because he didn't joke around, well, that didn't go over, I mean, that we, we kind of had a little bit of a problem there, because I've always been one that uh, likes to have fun, I mean, the job needs to get done, but uh, we can have fun while we do it. Well, he didn't get my sarcasm and my joking, and uh, it caused conflict. And uh, some tempers flared, and I had to deal with it. And uh, it caused me to really stop and think. You know, here he knows that I go to church, and here I'm being offensive. I'm not meaning to be offensive, but I came across offensive to him. So the Lord started dealing with me and going, you know, not everything has to be a joke. Sometimes you just got to know your audience and know the people that you're around. Amen. Some people will have the same viewpoints, and I can, I can joke with my brother have many times, and he jokes back, and we understand each other. Obviously, I didn't know this other guy very well, and uh, he didn't like the joking. Amen. James uh, three nine says, "Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which we are made after." in a similitude of God. When I read that, and then the, and then some of the others ones that really started to pinpoint in my heart going, wow, there's so many times that we bless God with our mouth, but yet we turn around and do the opposite. The next verse says, out of the same mouth proceedeth blessings and cursings, my brethren. These things ought not to be. That was a hard pill to swallow. I don't think about those types of things. How can it be that I come to church on Sunday and you guys on Tuesday, our services on Wednesday, and I praise God with the same mouth that sometimes... Maybe I say things that are offensive to other people. That ought not be. It ought not be that I say one thing in church and I'm another way 
and my mouth gets out of control and I allow myself to say things that aren't pleasing to God and maybe not, uh, not pleasing to other people. Sometimes our, our anger gets in the way. Sometimes we're frustrated. There's a lot of reasons that cause us to let down our guard and let things come out of our mouth that maybe shouldn't have ever come out of our mouth. But the problem is it's hard to take those things back. Once they're out, they're out. And you can say that, oh, I was just joking. But that only goes so far. You know, the other problem with sarcasm I, I've thought about is the, the problem is that there's always a little bit of truth in anything that you're saying. And you're just finding something and you're making light of it just to make it funny. But deep down inside, there's a little bit of truth. We got to be careful as Christians and we got to be careful as children of God. What we allow to come out of our mouth, what we allow ourselves to say, how we allow ourselves to treat our family, how we allow ourselves to treat our children and friends. You know, when I was, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess that I was somewhere around 10 or 11. I was sitting at a table, at a kitchen table, and uh, I was having problems with some schoolwork and, and some stuff, and my dad, or my stepdad was there. Uh, and I can remember as clear as day, he goes, are you going to be a winner like me or a loser like you? I'm 54 years old and I can hear that as it was yesterday. The things that come out of our mouth, you don't know how that's going to affect somebody. And they carry that on. For years I struggled with my self-respect and, and my self-identity. Because all I could hear is my dad saying, you're going to be a winner like me or a loser like you. And all I could hear is I'm a loser. I'm a loser. We've got to be careful what comes out of our mouth, children of God. We've got to be careful of what we allow ourselves to say in a moment, in a fit of anger, or in a fit of frustration. I don't know that he necessarily thought I was a loser, but he was frustrated because I wasn't getting what he thought I should be getting. But those words cut deep. And the problem is, I never heard him say otherwise. He never came back and said, you know what, son, you're not a loser. I'm sorry. Dad was wrong. I shouldn't have said that. So I went away from there, and the only thing I remembered is, he's the winner, and I'm the loser. Of course, uh, at this age, I don't, uh, my, my self is not validated by man, but it's validated by God. And God showed me that I'm not a loser, that I am somebody, and God doesn't make junk. Amen? But it took years to get to that point. It didn't happen overnight. For something that took a slight moment of time and a few words, but lasted so long. We've got to be careful. We got to be careful what we say. We got to be careful of how we say it. It's important. 
I don't want to ever do anything that would cause somebody else to stumble or somebody else to not want to to look at me and go, well, if that's what Christians, being a Christian's all about, I don't want anything to do with it. I'm getting off my notes. This is normal for me. I always do this. <laughs> you know, the other thing that bothers me is I hate going to conferences, men's conference, spring conference, all these conferences, and then you all go out for dinner afterwards. And some lady will, or you're, you know, you'll have a, a waitress or a waiter come to your table. Man, you guys are all dressed nice. Where are, you, where are you coming from? And oh, man, we're coming from church, man. It was great. And then somebody a couple tables down doesn't get an order right, and they just sit there and land blast that. I can't believe you can't get my order right. And they're just carrying on and carrying on, and you're just sitting there going, are you kidding me? We just told him that we came from church and here you are treating him with such disrespect. Who even knows it was if it was their fault? Could have been somebody in the kitchen that got the thing messed up. I've gone with family members that have done that stuff. It's like, you know what? No. Unless you want to sit at your own table, we're not going to do this. Because people are people. People make mistakes. And I'm not going to sit there and throw it in their face because they got something wrong. I'm going to enjoy my food and, and go on. We have choices that we can make in life. We can either be encouragers or we can discourage. We can either build people up or we can tear them down. Amen. The choice is up to us. Proverbs 18.21 is where this whole thing started from. And this was the scripture that I, wrote, I read that God started to deal with me on this. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. You can speak life or you can speak death into somebody's life all because of your tongue. We can encourage or discourage, like I've said. You can lift up and you can tear down. You can give praise or you can bring judgment. You can speak positive or you can speak negative. But that choice is up to us. But there's consequences. There's consequences for speaking the wrong things and letting the wrong things happen. We want our children to live for God. Are we encouraging them or are we tearing them down? You know, my kids are older now. My oldest is 34 and my youngest just turned 30 or 31. And like most parents, I've looked back. And oh, man, I wish I would have done this different. I wish I would have done this different. See, I was young in this thing also. When I came to this, to this truth, I didn't want anything to do with God. I hated God. 
I thought that uh, I had been served a raw deal with the stepfather that I had, the one that I spoke of earlier. We were, I was raised in a Catholic church, and uh, it was a church became a punishment because I would come home, and I was, I was, a, I was probably a little bit hyperactive. In fact, I know I was a little hyperactive. If you've ever been to a Catholic church, I don't know what they're like now, but I know back then you didn't speak, you didn't do anything except kneel when you were told to kneel, say the prayers that you were told to pray, and you didn't do anything else. There was many times when my mom had to take me out and educate me. But it became a point where I wouldn't listen and I, I wouldn't stop talking and I was, I'd be distractive or disruptive. So then he'd, I'd have to come home and he said, I want, a, I want a, a book report on what the preacher talked about. I'll tell you what, at nine to 10 years old, I had no idea what that guy talked about. And I hadn't paid attention even if I had, so I wouldn't even be able to tell you. So then my whole Sunday was spent sitting in a corner or sitting in my room trying to figure out what I was going to write, going and crying to my mom. That was Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. So when the next door neighbor asked me, hey, you want to go to church? <laughs> no. But I thank God that uh, my mom and dad made the decision. My mom remarried. And uh, we decided that, uh, or they decided that uh, we were going to go to church. Actually, we had had a, a friend that lived that was a, a preacher, that uh, Brother Turk, he was at the Camas Church uh, that uh, Pastor Ray preaches now, or in. Uh, he, he, started, he started that, I don't know if there was anybody before him, but he, he built it up to what it was, and they moved on. He had come back, and he was going to preach for our, uh, our pastor now, Brother Woodson, and uh, asked us to come. And he'd take us out for dinner afterwards. And uh, my parents said yes. That was 37 years ago this month. And my life hasn't ever been the same. And I thank God that he was patient with me. And that I gave him another chance. And that I didn't hold against him what had been happening to me as a child. And then I found out that he isn't a God that's just sitting up there with a hammer just waiting for you to mess up so he can beat you over the head. That's not the how my God is. My God's loving and kind and patient. As many times that I've seen and I've messed up to know that he still loves me. That was hard to grasp as a young man that grew up with a stepfather that was borderline abusive as far as I was concerned. Uh, more more uh, probably uh, verbally than, than physical, although it, sometimes it, it did get that way. But 
But the power of the tongue is a powerful thing. The way that we treat our, treat our children and the way that we treat our spouses and the way that we treat our friends will be held accountable for it. I look at my kids now and I wish I would have done things different. I thought it was good enough to just, they were in church every, every uh, Sunday. There wasn't a Sunday that they missed unless we were on vacation or, or, uh, or there was, a, you know, it was closed because of snow or something like that. I mean, we were faithful. And I could not understand. Lord, every Sunday I made sure my kids were there. Why aren't they wanting to live for you? I struggled for that with for many years. I had some ministers come to me and tell me, you know what, it's not your fault. They had choices. But I couldn't help myself but think, if I would have done things differently, maybe things would have been different. Well, we'll never know. Because I can't go back and change. I can't go back and change things that I've that I said and things that I did. Those things are forever settled. And the result is what the result is now. But I do have the power to change how I move forward and how I do things from now on. I can't go back and change the past. And it doesn't do it doesn't do me any good or my children or anybody else any good for me to dwell on the past. Because the past is done and it, what's, what's happened has happened. But what I can do is I can move forward and I can change and I can go and I can, you know what? I'm a human. I'm sorry. Maybe I, I should have done this. Maybe I should have done this. But I can change how things are in the future. I can change how I react in the future. I can change how my anger is. Took me many years, and the, I don't know if any of you ever heard of Mark Lowry. We we have a lot in common because I was hyperactive, and my mom also used to give me this little pill and say it was going to be okay. Amen. I was on Ritalin for a while uh, until it started messing with me. My mom was an RN; she ended up pulling me off of it, but. Uh, but uh, my mom was a yeller. That's one thing that I think I, uh, I got off of her is I started catching myself. Man, I'm not going to be that way when I get older. I ended up catching myself being a yeller. And I'm just like, man, all those things is you end up being everything that you didn't like about your parents. You see it in yourself. Yeah. Not everything, but there are some traits that I have... Uh, that I had to work through. Amen. Praise God. But God is good, and he's patient, and he's kind, and he works with us. And I thank God every day that I made the choice to live for him and to allow him to work in my life. I don't even want to think of where I would be today if I didn't have him in my life and I didn't have him as my guiding, my, my guidance, I can only imagine where I would be. 
I know where my life was headed and it wasn't headed towards anything good. You know, like, I, like I've said, I've been living for God for 37 years. For 37 years, I've been hearing that God's coming back. But I tell you, I, I feel that he's coming close. He's closer now than he ever has been before. The things that are going, in, going on in our society and the things that are happening, I would have never even imagined some of the stuff that's happening, the things that are being taught in our schools. How much more is it important that I watch what I do and what I say? Because I don't want to, I don't want to find that I cause somebody to stumble or I cause somebody to not want to live for God because of something that I said or something that I did. Our time's too short. We don't know how much time we have left. What an outstanding message Sunday, brother, uh, brother Stoops preached about the ark. And he said, I don't know how much time that we have. He said, he said that he was up all night fighting devils, that there was somebody in that house. And I hope they found, and I hope they, they turned their heart to God, and I hope they continue to live and they keep seeking. Because I don't know how much time that we have. God could come at any time. And the thing that I kept, he kept saying that echoes in my head is the arcs, the door's still open. There's still time. There's still time. But there's going to come a time when those doors going to get shut and you won't be able to find your way in. This is our time right now. He's allowed us this, this time right now. Amen. I don't want to be f caught doing other things or my eyes focused on something else or my desires somewhere else, my desires with the Lord, and I want to just keep my eyes stead on him. I don't want to miss it and think that, oh, I've got a little bit of time. I'm going to go enjoy this for a season and then have to come back and the door shut and I miss my chance. What good would the 37 years do There's a, lot of, there's a lot that's happened in the years that I've been living for God. He's shown himself marvelous many, many times over. He's blessed us. I've had my, uh, had one of my children go, I don't understand why you're always doing stuff for the church and doing stuff for the church. I looked at him and I go, you know what? There's one thing that I've learned is you can't outgive you can't outgive God. I can't give him too much time and I can't give him too much of my my finances. You're never gonna outgive him. There's a lot that I have today that I know is because of all the time that I've given him. And he's blessed my wife and I. He's blessed us with friends. I love Brother Torres. 
There's many times that I've called him or we've been taking a live long drive back from diving. And I'm just like, bro, I'm struggling with this. There's something about a, a brother that you can sit there and that you can talk to. And that will give you godly advice. You're very fortunate to have a pastor that loves. He loves his people. I know it. Because I can see it. I can see it in his walk. I can see it in the way that he lives. He cares. There's not a lot of men out there. There's some, there's some ministers, I, don't, I hope not in our congregation, but they're all about the, the, the money. But I know my brother is all about the people. And he loves people, and he loves his he loves his church, amen. Matthew twelve thirty seven says, "For by thy words you will be judged, and by your words you will be condemned." Justified. I'm sorry. Let me say that again. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. There will be count, there will be a day of judgment, and the words and the things that came out of our mouth we'll have to give answer for. All I want to hear is, "Well done, my good and faithful servant." That's what I want to hear from my God. That's what I pray, Lord. Help me to be, help me to be found pleasing in Your sight. Help me, Lord Jesus, to, to be led by You, and lead me, Jesus, and help me, Lord God, to hear Your voice. Am I perfect? No. Will I ever be perfect? Only when uh, he pulls me up and we're in heaven. It's a daily struggle. It's a daily hitting the knees and dying out, saying, God, help me. Even after 30-some years, it's still getting on the knees and saying, God, forgive me. Help me. I don't struggle over the same things that I did 37 years ago, but it's amazing it. Every time I read the Bible, I find more things that I need to work on. <laughs> it's like, I think I got it. And then he opens my eyes and goes, mm, not so fast. <laughs> but that's what I love. I've read the Bible through many times, and every time I read it, I find things that I didn't get the first time. Sometimes I can, I can read the same scripture that I've read multiple times. And like it's my eyes are open. It's like, wow. And God starts to speak to you. This word's a, it's a living word. It's alive. And it's his word. And he can sit there and he can take you in your time of life and take the same scripture that you've heard for 30 some years and bring in a whole new meaning. And you're just, your eyes are open and you're just like, wow.
After 30-some years, I've sat in a lot of church services and I've heard a lot of preaching. But it's amazing how things can be new and how he can change and how he can open your eyes of understanding. Maybe it's because I wasn't where I needed to be or I wasn't where I could be. I could accept or hear what needed what I needed at that time. But now my heart's ready and my heart's understanding and I'm I'm hearing it. There ain't nothing like living for God. Amen. And I wouldn't change it for the world. Amen. Brother, I'll let uh, I'll give it to you and you can Amen. What a what an awesome word. When he uh, when he started talking about James chapter three, on my dining table I have a book open that I've been studying, and guess what it's on? James chapter three. And the book, the workbook, is literally watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. And uh, it's taught me so so many things in these last couple of days. I turned over to Sister Stacy and I said, <laughs> "That's exactly what I've been studying on." And God has a way of doing that. I pray that you take this word, let it become part of you. Let it become part of you, and if you do, it'll change your life. It'll change your life. You'll draw people to you because they know that you always have something good to say about them, building them, encouraging them, loving them. And that's the way we should be, isn't it? Praise God. Why don't we lift our hands? I love you, Jesus. God, you're so good. Oh, mighty God, mighty God. Thank you, Jesus.